Welcome to the Pencils and Lipstick Podcast, a weekly podcast for writers. Grab a cup of coffee, perhaps some paper and pen, and enjoy an interview with an author, a chat with a writing tool creator, perhaps a conversation with an editor or other publishing expert, as well as Kat's thoughts on writing and her own creative journey. You'll laugh, you'll cry, well, hopefully not actually cry, but you will probably learn something. And I hope you'll be inspired to write. Because as I always say, you have a story, you should write it down. This is Pencils and Lipstick. Hello, all you writers out there. This is Kat Caldwell. Welcome to Pencils and Lipstick. Today is January 6th. Happy King's Day to everyone. And this is episode 164. I have with me today Troy from Plotter. That is P-L-O-T-T-R. We are going to be talking about this plotting software and how it can improve your writing life and why Troy likes it so much that he decided to work for them. He is a writer himself, and so he does two jobs now, writes his books and works for Plotter. And he is very passionate about it, and it was really fun to talk to him. And I have to say, I've known about Plotter and tried to use Plotter several times for years, and Troy convinced me to go back and try it again, especially as more of a now that I'm finished, put all my points onto one place where I can see them in a, in a different way. And I have to say that I really liked that. Um, and I talk about it more in the advertising section because I have become an affiliate and I have bought the whole software, which is actually not very expensive at all. I think it's like $25. Um, you can try it yourself. You can watch the video with Troy over at Buy Me a Coffee dot com forward slash pencils lipstick that is for free for this entire week um, January 9th through January 16th and you can see how passionate he is about it you can see a little bit more about plotter I just encourage you to to check it out see if it works for you we gotta we gotta do what we gotta do you know to get our books written I personally like really spending some time looking through my books, making sure I don't have any plot holes before I send it off to the editor. It's probably just my ego talking there. (laughs) I hate it when my editor comes back and is like, you have this giant plot hole right here. I always feel like I should have seen it, even though I know that I can't see everything and she'll always find something anyway. But I like looking through it. I like uh, moving things around. I love how I can move things around in Plotter and they have all these templates in there. And so I think I'm going to try to figure out what each of those are and if they can be beneficial to me or not this year. So that is the interview portion of this podcast today. I hope that you know that I'm going to be bringing in different software and marketing things for us indie authors into the podcast. And just know I am not pushing for you to purchase anything. I just want you to be aware of what's out there that can help you so that you go check it out for yourself. See if it's something that will benefit you as your brain works for your writing. I just want to make sure that everyone knows the, the great things that are out there and you find what works for you. So there will probably um, always be affiliate links or at least links to the product in the show notes. So go ahead and click those, check things out. You can try Plotter for free for a little bit. I think it's two weeks. It might be a month. I should have these things ready. But just so you, you know, throughout this year, when I bring people in to talk about their products, you know, it's just information for you to see if it works for you. All of us work differently. All of us write differently. All of us have different ways to do things. So it is King's Day today. My day started out pretty early. I've now been awake for like 12 hours because we open presents on King's Day. It is a Spanish tradition that the three kings come and bring the presents. And so my kids have to wait until the six to open the majority of their presents. And they woke me up very early today. So (laughs) we had a wonderful King's Day. My roscon, which is the sweet bread that we eat on King's Day, is better than last year, I'll say, but um, definitely needs work. (laughs) Bread is still not my thing, guys. I don't know why. 
just doesn't like me. Um, other than that, it's only a week into 2023 and this is how I feel. Time keeps going by. I'm about two weeks away from my self-induced deadline on Cornered and I'm probably a third of the way editing it again, you know, my, again, my ego here. Um, but I did put it out on Plotter and I moved things around. So then I had to move the chapters around. So you know how that goes. Then you have to move the transitions around. And so I got through that phase and now I'm just going chapter by chapter, making sure that everything makes sense. I condense timelines as one does just to make life harder. And, you know, then you have to check that out. So I'm also working on other people's manuscripts, of course, and collaborating with a couple other author coaches and continuing on the nonfiction book coaching and learning a lot for nonfiction and memoir. My goal this year is to take things a little easier, Mm, take things in stride, let's say. So I am working with Marcy Renee on putting together an in-person writing retreat in beautiful Spain. And that takes up a little bit of work, a little bit of time to get things right, get some ad copy correct. But we are excited to host an in-person writing retreat. It is hopefully going to be the first of many writing retreats to come. And then I'm going to be putting together a couple of webinars, a couple different workshops for the year. So if you are a writer and you're interested in learning a little bit more about writing, you're open to learning more and digging into premise and theme and structure and characters and how to learn to write that best-selling novel, learning to write that story that sticks with people you might want to get on my newsletter. And that link is always in the show notes below because I will be talking a lot about that stuff, the webinars and the in-person writing retreats and the workshops in my newsletter. So before we get into the interview, I want to talk to you guys just very quickly about conflict. We have to remember that in our stories, we need conflict. The whole reason that us humans go to story, to watch a movie, to read a book, we reach out for story in the broad sense of the term is to learn how to react in certain situations, to learn about a situation. It's like a our brains are, have this evolutionary processes in which we can put ourselves into this position of the characters in these stories and sort of actually learn vicariously through them. And the thing is, we don't really learn that much when there's no conflict. You know how you end up learning more after you've failed? That's your conflict, that failure, that stress of the failure, the falling flat on your face right? Like a story, there isn't much to it if there isn't a climax and there can't be a climax if there isn't any conflict or tension in the story. And so when people are telling you or advising you to be careful about having characters that are too good, what they're really saying is allow your characters to be open to conflict. So let's say your character is worried as a parent about their kid on the playground, like losing their kid. Don't have your character be worried and within three lines, convince themselves that there's no reason to be worried. Allow that character to be a worry wart. Allow that to create tension in their relationship between them and their child, them and their friends, them and their partners. Allow that to create tension in the story. So what you want in the in the climax really is when that that character is coming in confronting their worldview, right? And when you're talking about worldview, you're talking about them in their own little bubble, how they see the world. All of us have a bubble. We all see the world in a certain way and we therefore react to the world because of that view of the world, right? And some of us are conscious of our worldviews and some of us are not conscious of our worldviews. So let's say that 
there's a worrywart parent and um well there's that Netflix show where the the yes day right where the parents used to be like these great adventurous and then they had kids and they became worrywarts and the whole premise of the story is like their kids um, convince them to give them a yes day and they have to say yes to everything the kids say and it makes the parents confront their their anxiety and their their inability to sort of cut the tethers on their children and let them fly you know animals always have to like let their babies you know fall from the nest and learn to fly or or crack open that egg or fall as they're trying to get up on their forelegs or whatever it is and because we're conscious beings we can either allow ourselves to overworry or cut those strings, right? So that is the whole tension in the movie. It's between the parents and the kids and then between the parents themselves, each other, and then within themselves, like realizing they used to be more adventurous and they want their kids to be adventurous, but they don't know how, you know, to cut that tie. That's the tension there. That's the conflict. If they were like, oh, I realized that I used to be like that and I should be like that. And so I guess I'm going to be like that. And so, okay, go and go do that. Okay. That's the whole story. If that happens over and over and over again, scene after scene after scene, people are going to end up not reading your book or giving you a bad review or not picking up the next book. Because what they want to see instead of the the parent coaching themselves, what they want to see is the parent sort of being hit over the head with having to confront this worldview because that's how we are as humans. We don't coach ourselves. <laughs> you know, we we might think we know that we should wake up earlier, we should eat properly. But a lot of times, let's say we don't eat properly until there's like a medical reason for eating properly, right? We get diagnosed with something or we get bad news or we get sort of a warning and then we then we change our lives, right? That's what story is. Something smacks us upside the head and then we change and then we, we have this like different outcome to tell people about. So remember that even in fiction, your characters need conflict. That's what we're talking about when we say flaw. They need a flaw. They need to be overly worried. They need to not accept something in their life. They need to reject love. They need to think that every guy is out to use them. They have to have this flaw. That's what people are talking about. This this weird idea, this thing that might not be true. It's okay that your characters have a strange view of the world. <laughs> Maybe they have an immoral view. Maybe like you have to allow your characters to not be perfect. Okay. They have to be allowed to overreact to things or blow up. They have to have that in order to have the conflict, in order to have that climax, in order to have that tension. And it's that tension that that reader, you know, is turning the page for to build that tension up and then get that relief from that tension. It's we're humans. That's what we love. That's what makes us shut the book and go, oh my gosh, that was such a great book because it really made me get tense and then it made me relax and made me get tense and then it made me cry and then it made me laugh. That is what is building that emotion is this conflict and tension and these flaws. So I just want to sort of remind us all of that. Look for the conflict, look for the tension. Maybe go and sort of take out the moments from your character. Take out from underneath them like a rug the moments that they realize that they're doing something wrong and just let them do something wrong. Think something wrong. <laughs> Say something wrong. What happens next? It's a lot more interesting. It'll make your story more of a page turner. Before we get into the interview, I want to encourage you to share this podcast with all of your writer friends. Whichever podcast uh, platform you're listening to, would you please review it or at least give it a thumbs up or a star review? Or would you subscribe to it so that it gets 
downloaded into your device every week on Monday. It really helps out the show. It helps move the show around the world. I know all of you are listening from so many different countries. So hello to all of you. Hola, bonjour. Maybe I'll learn a couple new languages this year. Let me know where you're listening from. I am on Instagram at pencils and lipstick, all spelled out, or at catcaldwell.author and on Twitter at pencils lipstick. You can tweet me a question. You can tell me where you're listening from, what what platform you use to listen. If you share it out to people, I'll give you a shout out on the show. Be sure to check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash pencils lipstick. There's some goodies over there. You can watch the interview on video form if you like that. But this is a value for value show. I try to bring you value every week and you sharing the show and letting people know and subscribing. And if you want to monetarily, you can do that at buymeacoffee.com forward slash pencils lipstick. And that is how this beautiful world keeps turning. So now before the interview again, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Plotter and the affiliate link is below in the show notes. If you want to check it out, be sure to click there. Plotter. P-L-O-T-T-R dot com. What is Plotter? It's an online outlining system. It helps you visualize your plot points. Plotter lets you easily arrange and rearrange your scenes, plots, and character arcs so you can quickly find your way to the end of your tale with no corkboard required. You can quickly outline your book with visual story cards, filter your timeline by characters, places, and tags, color coordinate your storylines to keep them organized, flip the timeline to view it vertically or horizontally, and so much more. Now that sounds really great, doesn't it? And it's one of the reasons why I tried Plotter about a year and a half ago. But I just, I guess, didn't get it. It didn't mesh with me and how I write. I like my journals. I like my cork boards. <laughs> but after talking to Troy, I gave it a try again. And over Christmas, I plotted out what I've already written of Cornered. So I basically took the inside outline of Author Accelerator and put it into points in a plain, like no template plotter outline. And I have to say, I kind of like it. <laughs> so I guess I'm more of a write as you go and then outline it. But it really helped me visualize the story. It helped me go chapter by chapter, which is what I always tell you guys to do. Read it and then write it down the plot points of that chapter, make sure nothing's missing. And to be perfectly fair to Plotter, it helped me realize that I needed to move chapter six to like chapter four and then move five and four down. (laughs) So I was pretty surprised by that. It was a big revelation that I'm not sure I would have seen had I not been going chapter by chapter and been able to just sort of type things out and move things around. Of course, maybe I could have done it in my journal, you know, but you can't really move things around in your journal. Sometimes you forget your journal at home, which is the worst. And if you like that, I upgraded to Plotter and I have it on the cloud now. And if you don't upgrade, you can just email yourself your outline. I don't know, guys, I played around with it at Christmas and I have to say, I'm converted. I don't know if I'll ever get to the point where I'll outline before I write, but I do like this idea of outlining after I've written it, which is something that I talk about with Troy in the interview as well. I think you guys should at least check it out. It's plottr.com. If you have any questions, I'll give you my honest opinion about it. You can tweet me at pencils lipstick, or you can reach me on Instagram at pencils and lipstick, all spelled out, or catcaldwell.author. And I'll answer you as best I can. I have my affiliate link below where you can click on it and you can get over to Plotter and you can just fiddle around with it for a little bit. I think that you might as well try it. Whether you want to become an outliner or you want to see how it works for your editing. Hello, Troy. How are you doing today? Fantastic. 
Well, I'm excited to have you on. We're going to be talking about um, plotter. <laughs> and of course, we spell this P-L-O-T-T-R without the E because, you know, it's AI these days. Um, so would you tell us a little bit about how you got involved in plotter? Um, so I got involved with plotter actually by first involvement was I was one of the first people to buy it when um, the founder, Cameron Sutter, he created this really for his own writing. He's a YA writer. Okay. Um, and he was selling it at a writer's conference in the deal room. And my friend came out and he said, you have to come look at this software and buy it. And I went, I do? And um, I, I went in and I did because as soon as I saw it, I was like, this is exactly what I need to declutter my office, number okay. one, to make my life easier. Um, and it, it was super inexpensive. It still is super inexpensive for a writer's tool. Um and so I went in and bought it. And um, then my friend, who is a software tester, who also bought it, sent them eight bugs the next morning that he found in their program, because that's what he does. He goes to <laughs> test software programs. And Cameron was like, wait, so who are you guys? And like, what are you doing? Like, you know, because he did not, this isn't what he expected either. And um, so we stayed in touch and he would ask me, what features do you want? And I would say, this is what I would really like to see Plotter be able to do. And he would go off and create that. And so oh. when Plotter um, relaunched in 2020, I was already a big advocate for Plotter because I loved it. So I would tell writers all the time, you got to use this tool. It's awesome. And um, so when it, they did a relaunch in 2020 and kind of Ryan Z came along and started um, working with our marketing, we did a lot of expansion since 2020. Um they basically asked me if I wanted to work for them. And I said, sure. And uh, I've been doing it ever since. So that's amazing. <laughs> I love that. I love how you be, you're an advocate and then you come on board. Um, so you're a writer as well. That is how you got involved with Plotter. Right, exactly. So I write mysteries and thrillers. And so I got involved with Plotter because, um, well, first of all, one of the things I was doing is um, because I'm slightly insane, um, I partnered with another writer who has since dropped out of the series. Um, but I created the series. Well, he created the idea for this series called Capital City Murders. Okay. Um, if you're familiar with the United States and you're a writer, you can probably even do the math and figure out how many novellas are eventually going to be in that series because there's 50 state capitals. And, you know, anyway, so math, pretty easy. Um, so I was planning this huge series and I was like, I need something. I can't have this on a whiteboard in my office, right? This right. is not going to work. This isn't going to work out. No, somebody um, will erase it, like the cleaning lady. Yeah. And you're like, it's gone. Oh. It's gone. <laughs> yeah, or it'll fall over. The, my, my German shepherd will knock it over and then sit on it and erase the entire thing with his tail. Yes. It'll, it's going to, something like that is going to happen, right? Yes, because so we're I, writers. I this is that. what happens yeah. to us. It, it's catastrophe because we have to have conflict in our own lives that is self-created <laughs> so that we can write more. Anyway. Exactly. So, so, you know, so I'm like, all right. So, um, so anyway, I started planning with Plotter, you know, and stuff like that, doing it, okay. using it for my own books to plan that way. But I've since, like, I've integrated it completely into my writing process. So I use it in the planning process. I use it during the writing process. And I use it in revision. And then Ooh. I also work as an editor. And so now if you are one of my editing clients, you will get a plotter file when I first read over your book. Interesting. And the reason is the visual nature of plotter. I can pull your scenes apart, put them on a plot line, and I can say, see, plot hole. And you can't deny it because it's right in front of you. Visually, you can see it. And so you say, okay. Or I say, why is the scene here? Like, did we, are you explaining the story to yourself? Or is this something the reader really needs to see? And then they go, oh, I was explaining the story to myself. I see, you see, you know, it doesn't fit in with story structure. It doesn't work this way. And it's an easy way for me to say, let's clean up your draft before we edit it. Let's not edit things we're going to delete anyway, right? Yeah. Why am I checking that for commas? Who cares? I'm going to delete the whole thing. So what does it matter, right? Let's I save like time, that. money, effort. Um, because I don't, like, I, I don't like to waste time. Like, I don't mind yeah. people paying for my time, but I don't like to waste time. It's one of my least favorite things on the planet. Yeah. Um, and so I, that's how I use it. So I started really simply with like just the planning. This is just how I'm planning my books. And then I just kind of took off with different ways. I would see different ways. Oh, I could use Plotter like this. And I wonder if that would work. And I would try it and I'd be like, oh, okay, that does work. So huh. um, it's interesting. Now you're so. giving me all these ideas. So I have 
I became aware of Plotter. I have no idea how. Probably scanning the internet. <laughs> I honestly can't remember. <laughs> I have this account. Um, so it will, you know, it will be here. <laughs> and I have tried it several times. Now, I am a discovery writer. So how do you tell people who are discovery writers that start out with first? Because um, I can see all the plotters in out there listening are like, ooh, new tool. But all the discovery writers are probably thinking, like, I'm about to click this interview off because I'm not going to be able to use this. So how would you tell us to, <laughs> use, to use Plotter? Well, so first of all, I will tell you that you still outline. You just okay. outline at a different time. Or in some cases, you use a very loose outline. Like a friend of mine is like, I am a total discovery writer. I just start out with an idea. And I'm like, really, what's your idea? And he said, well, I know the beginning of the story, the middle and the end. And I'm like, huh, that sounds like kind of a loose outline to me. You know, like you, you've, got some, you've got some points that you're trying to hit there, right? right. It's just a really loose outline. So sometimes, okay. you know, like, you know where you're generally headed towards right. the end, right? Right. The other thing is, even if you don't, the way Plotter can help you the most is usually that when you outline is in your second draft or your third draft or fourth draft, fourth draft, if you're one of those people that draft forever. I can't do that, um, mainly because I like to make money and <laughs> I, clearly I like to eat and my wife likes nice things, right? So we have to, you know, I mean, I have get to make money at some point. <laughs> get the book out because she wants me to get paid. So anyway, kind of this weird thing. Um, but anyway, so... Um, but you, when you start that second draft, you're planning because you're going, okay, this is what I wrote, right? Okay. I discovery wrote all this. Right. Now, what do I have? Do I have a story? Do I have a plot? Or did I just write, you know, a whole bunch? I use Nano as an example. You wrote 50,000 words. Now, what do you have? Right. Like, what, what are those 50,000 words? He's like, I have 50,000 words. I'm like, now put them in the right order. Anyway, so it's, you know. <laughs> Make <laughs> a story process. out of them, please. <laughs> Make a story out of that. So um, basically in that second process, the way I do it is so I plan what I'm going to write. Then I put on a plot line what I actually wrote. Because, you know, like every writer, what I plan to write isn't always the way things okay. come out. You know, I take yeah. a left turn at Albuquerque and I end up, I'm like, where in the world am I? Right. And so I got to find my way back. Right. Um, so then I use like an established plot structure. There's various different templates that we have in Plotter that you can use that are established things like the action adventure, hero's journey, romancing the beat. Um, there's one called the sluice journey, which I created. And it's basically an adaptation of the hero's journey for mysteries. Okay. No big secret, but it's, it's kind of cool. Right. Um, and I use that. I line it up with my story and then I check my work. Hmm. I'm like, did I do, is my inciting incident in a reasonable range of where it, you know, where it should be? Right. right. Am I hitting my, all of my story beats? Do I have conflict? Do I have goal, motivation, and conflict, conflict throughout my story? How did I do? So I, I look at what I planned, look at my draft and then look at and use that to check my work. So as a discovery writer, you would essentially check your work. Okay. You know, kind of like I was talking about with editing clients is you take all your scenes that you wrote, you know, summarize each scene on a plot line in plotter and then put it some kind of story structure next to it, whatever your preference is or whatever resonates with that story and just check your work. Do I have an inciting incident? Do I have conflict? What's the midpoint? Is the midpoint really a midpoint? Um, right. What is, you know, where are my turning points in my story and how did I do then your revision process goes much faster. So instead of writing four drafts, you write two, hmm. maybe three, and then you're done. Um, and in today's publishing world, so I mean, there's people that just write as a hobby. Great. That's wonderful. Um, but if you want to make a living publishing in today's world, there is a certain amount of speed that's kind of necessary, whether right. we like that or not. I just always tell people, whether we like that or not, this is the paradigm that we live in. Right. Right. <laughs> We, if we can say we don't like it, that's fine. You could not like Amazon. That's also fine. Um, I don't really like them all that much. But since 85% of my income comes from Amazon. <laughs> well, we are caught in the middle there, aren't we? This is, <laughs> this is the way that it is, right? I don't necessarily like it. But, um, you know, and I hope that at time, you know, over time that things change and things are shifting. You know what I mean? But right. um, all that being said, related to Plotter, the primary thing is efficiency. Yeah. Right? For me, I'm on. I'm constantly looking to make my creative process more efficient, um, and also just makes it more fun. 
Yeah. I mean, who wants to spend four drafts revising? I don't even like to read my stuff. At once I once it's been published, I don't read it. Like yeah. I haven't gone back and I don't go back and read it. Um, first of all, because it's embarrassing. It's horrible. Other people <laughs> like it. And I'll say, that was a great book. And I'm like, yeah, wonderful. That's nice. <laughs> no, Glad that's you like, like it. I'm not like, reading it. But, that's you like know. A shopping for houses after you finally buy your house. No, of course you're going to find something wrong with it once you... Uh, no, no. Well, of course you are. No, of course no. you are. It's, it's kind of like editing podcasts. I don't know about you, but like people will be like, you want to listen to that back again? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to hear my voice for that long. They're like, you have a wonderful voice. I'm like, according to you, I don't want to listen to it. I am bored by my own voice. (laughs) I am bored by my own voice. Other people like it. Great. Enjoy. Me? No, not so much. So it's kind of like that with writing, too. Like, if you can spend less time in that drafting, um, in the planning process, in the drafting and revision process, you're going to be happier as a writer. It's going to be more fun and you can write more stories and who doesn't want to write more stories. I mean, that's kind of a, you know, whatever your motivation for being a writer, who doesn't want to write more stuff? Yeah, absolutely. What I can see too, is this, this will really stretch you as a writer in actually looking at your draft, like an editor, because I think, like you said, a lot of times our problem is, we finish the draft, we print it out, or we put it on the tablet or something, and then we start reading from start to finish and start filling in the typos, maybe cutting out a few words or lines that, you know, don't need to be there. But what we're not looking, what's really difficult to do as a writer is to actually look at the story as a whole as you're going through it. I think most Mm -hmm. of us get bogged down in the little commas and that's not what we need to do what we need to do is see like is my character developing does the story make sense is there a plot hole (laughs) like and well that's difficult to see this is about so even if you're going to self-edit your own work one of the things that you do is you get distance right so people say put that away for two months right well, that's one way to do it. But again, that slows your process. And I'm not sure it works. Right? It's already in your head. Not, you're the yeah. one that wrote it, you know. So you're going to read what you think you wrote, not necessarily <laughs> what you wrote. Ooh, that's right? a good point. Very so good point. There, I have tricks for this. Some okay. of them involve plotter. The first one is to pull it apart, put on a plot line. So you're looking objectively at your scenes. Okay. Right. I'm not reading the scene. I'm reading a summary of the scene and looking objectively at, did I accomplish what I wanted to accomplish with that scene? And does that scene really matter? Yeah. Okay. The other thing is, um, have your book read aloud to you. Mm. Okay. The reason is. By somebody else? By somebody else, by your computer, by an AI voice, whatever you want to do. It doesn't really matter. But if you hear it and you're not the one reading it, you can read it yourself. And some people say that works really well. But I'm like, if you're not reading it yourself, it gives you distance. Mm. Now, you're not filling in the blanks as you read along with what you thought you wrote. You're hearing somebody else say exactly what you wrote. Um, I found a major error in one of my books when I was listening, when I was proofing the audiobook. Oh, did Nobody you that? Nobody said anything <laughs> about this. And by that time, of course, it's in audiobook now. Like, I am screwed, right? I can't go back and change this, right? But nobody else has noticed that particular error. But I noticed it when I was proofing the audiobook and it was being read to me. Uh, and then I went, Ooh, maybe I should have done that sooner, right? And and right. which I usually do, but these were developed anyway, long story. I I should have done it, I should have done a better job initially um with that. The other thing you can do is read your story backwards. What? I mean if you start at the end and you read it, and I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. You read it a paragraph at a time backwards. The reason is now you're reading that paragraph without reading it in order. You're reading it out of order. And your brain is looking at the writing. You're looking at the grammar. You're looking at those things. You're looking at spelling without being into the story. So it breaks up your ability to be in the story. Okay. So that's more like after you already know that you don't have a plot uh, Oh, yeah. No, that's after you. This should be, that should be one of the last things that you do. Oh, okay. Don't do that with your rough draft. That will drive you. (laughs) We authors drink enough. We don't need any more incentive (laughs) to, you know what I mean? I mean, that would drive you crazy. But you do that towards the end of the process. You read the whole thing backwards. Right, Um, okay. And you'll catch the little typos and errors that you wouldn't otherwise. Um, The other simple thing is use editing programs. You know, yeah. like Pro Writing Aid, Autocrit, whatever your 
your point, Marlowe is a new one that's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And use it to get some distance for your writing and actually look at what words are actually in there. And you can see, oh, I've repeated the word uh, something, you know, yes. 473 times in my writing. Right. Um, because I always tell people, okay, as a writer, you always repeat words in a book. Like you'll think of a particular word and you'll use that word over and over again. So your next book, that word will be in your brain. I'm like, I'm not going to repeat that word again. No, that you'll repeat terrible. a different one. <laughs> you repeat a different one. You just, you just pick up a different one and repeat yes. it. I mean, you're going to do it forever. So you might as well be prepared for it in your mind of like, okay, how am I going to change whatever it is that I find right. that I used, that I way overused in this particular story? But then so, those, um, those plotter is the start of that. Yeah, plotter, you know? plotter is the start. So plotter doesn't find your commas for you. Plotter really no. is plotting. It's plotting it's out the Plotting story. and planning. So you're checking the plot. You're okay. checking the planning. I mean, you, you can turn on the spell check, right, and plotter, and it can check the spelling in your summaries and your scene cards, but that's not the nitty-gritty of your story i do that just because i don't like misspellings in my scene card. i mean you know yes. it's, it's a weird thing right because that'll bug me instead of me looking at what i'm supposed to be looking at which is the story structure okay right? so we're not actually writing our book in plotter plotter is writing no. out scene cards so what what is a scene card so a scene card is like it's like an old school note card so like okay. before, like I would have whiteboards and I would have squares on the whiteboard, right? And I'd have something written in there. And then I'd want to move it, so I would draw an arrow, right? And then I'd have to draw different colored arrows because then I would say, well, maybe this belongs here. So I have to draw a different colored arrow and then erase that arrow. Or um, before that even, I used corkboard and note cards. Right. And then you would move them by moving the push pin, right? Yes. And hopefully nothing fell during that process, right? Like the whole thing or something like that. Right? I think you Will string, Smith talks about this. Like he uses no lines. I yeah, don't believe him. Crazy. But... <laughs> oh, it drives me crazy. But so basically it's a digital note card. Okay. The beauty is you can drag and drop and move it. You can use a drop down menu to move it around. So you can do all this digitally without, first of all, without messing up your entire wall in your yeah. office. Um, and you can have more than one project planned at once because you don't have to take that one down to plan the next one. Right. right? <laughs> and so, um, so the planning process is like the first aspect of plotter. That's, that's the most useful. It is not the okay. only aspect of plotter, but it is the most useful for essentially figuring out, feeling out story structure. Okay. And so some advice I give people is first of all, dissect stories that you love. Take a story mm -hmm. that you love. For instance, me, Breaking Bad, love the series, right? Part of the reason I love that ser television series is because Vince Gilligan had a plan from the start. There was a three-act structure over all the seasons. Mm -hmm. Then every season has a three-act structure. And every episode has a three-act structure, right? So if I dissect those and I take them apart, I can see how can I make my series better? How can I make my books better and how can I make my chapters better? Right? right. Because I dissect all those things because I love that story. I think you did an excellent job with it. Right. So I can look at what's working, what story structure did you use? How does this work? Right. Okay. And I can apply that to my own writing. So take a story that you love, dissect it on a plot line in plotter and compare it to story structure and figure out how, why did that work and why did it not work? Where mm. did it not work? And how did that work for me? Then take a story that you hate, that story that you quit, that series or that story that you quit after two chapters or after two episodes, and tear it apart and figure out why it didn't work. Okay. And then you go, okay, now that is something that I won't do in my writing. So what you're doing is you're developing an innate sense of story structure, which is going to help you write your first drafts faster. And at least the story structure in your first drafts will be better. First drafts will never be good. <laughs> Just if you give that up, that whole concept, it, it'll enhance your life greatly. Yes, um, I tell people I wrote, I wrote um, in Nano this year because I did a Nano workshop for plotters. So I wrote Nano this year, and what I wrote was a horrible first draft. It is horrible. There are parts of it that I know are horrible, but I also know from years of experience that every first draft is horrible. Mm -hmm. So. Why am I trying to write a perfect one? I'm just trying to write better ones. That's right. all. Just get right. get better over time. Right. So anyway, so so um, 
so that's that's the first aspect is that story structure and developing that sense of story structure when it comes to your own stories and other people's stories. Right? Okay. And consume story, constantly consume story. So when, um, but when you open up Plotter, there's a lot of different structures, like right away. Mm-hmm. So if you're a new writer, or if you haven't done this, maybe you're not new, but you know, you've been flying by the seat of your pants for the last few years. How do you, I mean, you said that you do use this with, with editing projects. So what do you recommend? Like what structure do you recommend people start with if they haven't done it yet? If they don't really know what their structure is. So yeah, if you haven't done it yet, what I tell you to do is first put all your ideas and your scenes on a plot line. Just put them out there, whatever order. Doesn't okay. even matter, right? Don't start with a structure. Start blank. Oh, right? so there's like a, a blank. there's like a blank option. Yeah, you can start blank. So just okay. start with a blank project, right? Nothing in there and just put your stuff in there, right? Okay. And then you can, as you add plot lines, you can add a story structure plot line. So add a couple of them and see which one resonates with your story. Mm, okay. So you can look at some of them ahead of time. And hopefully if you've read about writing, you know, books about writing, stuff like that, you're familiar with a couple. Like you'll go, I, I know what the hero's journey, that that's a plot structure, right? Mm-hmm. And so you can line that up with your thing and go. And within those templates, in every steam card of that template is some instruction that tells you, like, what should this look like? What should this part of your story look like? You know, okay. what are some of the things that might be there? There's some bullet points, some percentages. Don't get caught up on percentages. That's that's a whole other topic. Don't get caught up on those things. Just if you're not nailing the, if you're in a range, you're fine, right? <laughs> um, kind of like uh, Save the Cat. If you've ever read Save the Cat writes a novel or whatever, or even the original Save the Cat book by Blake Snyder, um, you'll hear all these percentages in there, right? I'm like, don't get caught up in the percentage. If you're within a range, you're fine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just, it, what it is, what it, that is, is an analysis of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories. And this is the average, right? right? But the average is not like a perfect target. Okay. Yes. So don't do that. Yes. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, but you just take your story and compare it to a, a story structure and see what resonates with you. And there's, there's so many different story structures in there. What you'll find is they're more similar than they are different. Okay. But sometimes the terminology is just um, is slightly different. So, for instance, I'm writing a um, in it's starting in the new year. I'm writing a new series with a co-writer um, that's a mashup of mystery and thriller and romantic comedy um, oh, about serial killers who cool. fall in love. It's fantastic, <laughs> right? It's going to be hilarious. Um, the first one is titled Meat Cute, M-E-A-T Cute. Um, anyway, that'll be under a pen name. It's going to be fun. And she's going to write a bunch too. Her, her my favorite title she has so far is Bloodless in Seattle. They're all named after like nice. <laughs> romantic comedies, you know. And so anyway, so we've got all these you know fifty first kills and you know all that kind of stuff. So anyway, um, so, but so I'm using actually romancing the beat, even though it's kind of an action adventure. I'm okay. using a romancing the beat template because. It still hits all the beats of a thriller and an action adventure too. It just uses the terminology for romance. So oh, I just okay. change up the terminology, and that that so you'll find that different story structures are more similar than they are different. Okay. Right. But what you're going to find is certain language will resonate with you better, or it'll resonate with your genre better, or whatever the case may be. So you'll find something. Um, and some are more complex than others. Others are simpler. So if you're like a discovery writer, you might not want to start start with um, the story engines template that has 40 scene cards and four plot lines and all this stuff for you to organize. You might want to start with the W plot, which has seven. Okay. Right? That makes more sense. Probably makes more sense to your brain. Right. Yeah. So start simple. Start simple and figure it out. And as you as you go along, you'll figure it out. Um, what I tell you, we have a, a YouTube channel. Uh, a thing on our YouTube channel called Thursdays with Troy. And I interview writers all the time about how they use plotter. Okay. And the most important words they use during that interview is, and then they say, I start with this template. And then I start with this plotter thing. And then the, and then is how they make it personal. The whole idea of plotter is to be super flexible. So you can use it in whatever way you want that works okay. for you. So my my mantra is find your and then. Okay. Find your way that it's going to work for you because you can imitate my way. Maybe, 
but it may not resonate. That may not resonate and work with you all that well. You may have to say, Hey man, that's great, Troy, but I think you're out of your mind. So let me, and I'd say, yes, totally agree. And then you go <laughs> over and do your own thing. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah, so that's part of it is the built-in flexibility. That's the whole purpose. It's a writing tool designed to help you get your first draft done. You can create a beautiful plotter file. Those make me really, really happy. But what makes me happier is a finished first draft. Right, right. I, I'm really liking this idea of, um, I mean, for plotters, it probably makes sense. But for anyone, really, to go back and to make sure that it's lining up your storylines, your story structure. I'm a, I, I'm becoming and have become a real stickler for getting writers to understand story and story structure and understand that that is actually what will bring them the bestseller, you know, if that's their goal, or at mm -hmm. least the fans, because your story needs a story <laughs> and it needs a structure behind yeah. it. The reader is going to find things. They're going to get bored. Like you said in the very beginning, is this a chapter that you were just discovering the story as a writer or is it needed? And I think that's a key point to make to writers. That's not part of your story structure. That's not part of That's you in there. You know, like trying yep. to get the writers to see that this is going to save them money because your editor, if you, if you bother to get an editor, will see it. At least they should see it. And then they'll tell you to go back and rewrite it. <laughs> so if you can mm -hmm. find it before, but the worst would be if you don't use an editor and your reviewers and your readers will see it and they mm -hmm. will not like it. They'll give you a well, two-star or one-star. Like a reader, what they'll do is they'll say, this part of the story feels wrong. Yes, or They aren't going to be able to it. tell you. Right. Yeah, they aren't going to be able to tell you, like, this was a plot hole or this was right. an info dump or whatever yeah. the way your editor can. Right. Um, or the way you can figure out on your own. And then you say, so I usually tell people a developmental edit is a writing lesson, right? Mm -hmm. You should not need a developmental edit for every book that you put out, unless you are lazy, <laughs> because you should be unless learning from each of one money. of those, <laughs> or you're made of money and you just don't care, which I have people that are like, they just developmental edit after developmental edit because they don't want to do it. They don't care. They don't want to do the work themselves. Right. Okay. Fair enough. If that's, if that's the way you want to do things, fair enough, that's fine. Um, but for most people, you want to save time and money. Right. So you want to do this better the first time. Um, but the other aspect that I was going to lean into a plotter is your series Bible. Okay. So when you're writing a long series, I mean, just picture 50 book series, right? 50 novella series. Well, as a mystery series, I have to come up with 50 different ways to kill people. I really don't want to <laughs> repeat, you know, oh my God. which is, which is, which is kind of nice and kind of fun, but you know what I mean? I mean, you think about it, you don't really want to repeat things necessarily throughout the right. series because then you're just writing the same book again, like a little right. bit different twist or whatever. Right. So it's so, but also, you know, I, you have different characters throughout um, even minor characters. What you tend to do as a writer is you tend to use the same first letter of characters a lot. Yes. What is that? You have, you have George, Jerry, you know, Whatever Jude the case may be, Jude Junior, <laughs> Josephina, and everything's just. And I'm yes. like, okay, stop. I had a there's there was a gal in our critique group. Maybe she'll hear this. Maybe she won't. She had two characters who both their nicknames were Allie. Yes, and we don't see both it, do of we? them were nicknamed Allie. I'm like, who? Which one is this? No, no, you can't do this. Okay, anyway. Enough of my ranting. I will get over it. It's fine. I'll calm down. It's great. Um, anyway, but so what it does is then in your series Bible, you can spot that. But the other thing it does is, again, it saves you time and effort. Yeah. You don't go, well, what color were Susie's eyes in chapter two? And you go back and reread chapter two. And I tell people, this is what happens to me, okay, because I am a squirrel. I go, okay, chapter two, oh, her eyes were blue. Now, that sentence is awkward. I should revise that sentence. I wonder if that weapon is even accurate. Let me Google it and find out. Oh, look, there's a thread on Reddit about this this weapon. Oh, my God. A guy used this weapon in a crime spree. It's on Quora. Now I'm an article on Quora, right? And I'm now I, I haven't gone back to writing yet. I haven't put a single word back into my manuscript. But I have found out that her eyes are blue and also 40 million other things that I didn't necessarily need to know right now. See, I would have forgotten like, to that her the eyes track. were blue by that time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then you go back and read it again. What color were I? I forgot. <laughs> so if you put all those things in your 
um, plotter file, okay. then you just, the way I do it is I write in Scrivener. Okay. I have plotter on a separate window. I need to know what color her eyes were. I look over. Oh, they're blue. And I'm writing again. Okay. Right? I, so I don't ever leave that writing environment to go and research something that was two chapters, you know, or four chapters ago or one book ago that I don't remember. Instead, it's all in my series Bible. And I just look over, get the information I need, look back, and I don't interrupt that writing flow. So, this, so it makes you faster. This way is faster. okay. So you, you can plot a series, not just a book mm-hmm. in Plotter. Yeah, you can plot 50 books in the same file if you want to, and you're insane. Not that I know anyone like that. <laughs> I've just anyone. heard of them. I've seen pictures of them. They look kind of happy, and it's really weird. Anyway. Because <laughs> they're done, and they're moving on to yeah. the long time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's, uh, <laughs> but I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's basically, so that series Bible, like, you can track your settings, your characters, all that stuff. Um, and especially, I mean, if you're writing epic fantasy or something like that, yeah. and you're writing a series, I mean, think about how many George R. R. Martin. Um, maybe if he had Plotter, he would finish those last few books. I'm just, I'm not. Just a suggestion, man. George, if you're listening, just an idea. We could erase season eight of Game of Thrones, <laughs> pretend it never happened. <laughs> um, was a mistake. If you would just rewrite them. Oh, anyway. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're getting off to Game of Thrones. Everyone's Now everyone's agitated. <laughs> okay, so if you don't oh, want to yeah. do what, what Game of Thrones did, go get Plotter and learn how to yeah. plot out your scenes. Exactly. Yeah, I, I always, I, I preface, if, if people have seen season eight, then I say, I will tell you what I think of the final episode. So if you've seen season eight, and you really want to know what I think of the final episode, you can email me and I will tell you what I think of that ending. Um, and you will know that it is a perfect metaphor that I created. <laughs> but anyway. My husband now hates watching series with me because I'll be like, look, this is not how this is supposed to go. <laughs> you should not be doing this. Yes, I will tell you that studying story structure will ruin stories for you, and it will ruin them for the people that you love. Yes. Um, <laughs> although, thankfully, my wife is very, she's also, she reads a lot. She's like a big-time reader. She's read already, I don't know, she, her goal was to read 52 books this year. She's read like 60, I don't Dang. know, something wow. like that. Um, she reads every night before she goes to bed. Um, anyway, so she has a really good sense of story. She's not a writer, but she has a really good sense of story. So she can tell when a series or something isn't working. Yeah. Um, and we're watching a show and she's like, yeah, we can watch something else. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, go thank away. God, because yeah, this is not going well. This for is going me. like Lost. Yeah. If Lost had had Plotter, they would have had a plot, first of all. <laughs> yeah. They would have had an ending. <laughs> And they wouldn't have gone off on the weird bear, whatever cages that they were doing. And that's right. Yeah, essentially, yeah. I mean, if you think about that show, I mean, you could pick other shows too. But if you think about that show, like what happened? Well, what happened was they weren't following a plot and their characters and their minds took this weird turn, right? And instead of coming back to the plot and saying, okay, that's kind of fun and that's a weird maybe spinoff later, maybe Saturday Night Live get whatever we want to do with that. But let's come back to the actual plot of right. the story, right? Um, as writers, we you need to prevent that, right? Prevent that going off into La La Land and come back, come back, come back. And I mean, at least stay somewhat close to your plot. I, I use the analogy of people like, the reason I plot is this. Okay, I can leave my house here in Idaho, and I can say, I want to be on, I want to go to the East Coast. Now, that is a very vague destination. Right. I will end up on the East Coast, but I might end up in Maine in January, and it might not be pleasant, <laughs> right? <laughs> if I end up on the coast of Maine in January, it might not be pleasant, right? Um, if I end up in Florida, it might be great, right? So if I have at least a better idea of where I'm going, and maybe the, at least if I'm going to take the northern or southern route or something like that, I, I have a much more likely chance of getting where I want to go. Right. And of having some interesting stops along the way. Right. Yeah. So um, because story is just interesting people in interesting places doing interesting things. Right. When you take the interesting out of that, because you go off on left field and you visit the largest ball of twine and wherever, um, <laughs> and that becomes the main plot of your story, we've lost track of the East Coast. Right. Right. And, and so we become lost. 
Yeah. Right? So the the primary advantage of plotting or even afterwards checking your work is you're much more likely to get to a desirable destination mm. and get like there in a, in a journey that makes sense. Um, yes. I could wander between the northern and southern route and take weeks to get to the east coast from here. Um, I'm probably going to be tired and pretty discouraged and not that impressed with the East Coast by the time I get there if I do something like that. Right, right. right. Um, so don't do that to your readers. Take them on a nice journey. They know where they're going. We're on I-40. We're going 80. And we're we're yes. getting somewhere. Yes. Most people like to know where they're going, even in a, even while reading a story. So this is um, this is software that will help you either plot it out or check or both, really, I guess, sort of. And I, I feel like this will also help you really learn as a writer. I know that we always sort of um, call ourselves a certain thing, whether a plotter, discovery writer. I mean, like you said in the beginning, I have done both things, you know, constantly going back, checking and making sure the premise, you know. So, you, so even discovery writers are doing all of it, right? So this software is for us to maybe even find what works best, like you said, in order to bring those books out a little bit faster. Because that is definitely a goal I have. And I'm sure it's a goal everyone has if they're an indie writer, get them out faster. I mean, here's the thing. You're plotting out your own author's journey and you're telling your own story. And that can go whichever direction that you want it to go. Um, And and I used to be big on, you know, everybody needs to aspire to publishing and stuff like that. And I've since very much changed my tune because the business of writing... And the process of writing are two very distinctly different things. And some people never want to learn this business part. And I'm like, if you don't, you're going to be very discouraged. And I don't want people to be discouraged from writing. Mm. Um, writing for me is, is a form of therapy. Writing has more than once in my life has saved my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it has literally saved my life. And we could have a whole other podcast about that and talk about that. Um, but that's... Um, but so I don't want to discourage you from writing. So the main thing is I want you to keep writing. And so Plotter is designed to help you in whatever that journey looks like for you to get from where you are now to where you want to go. Absolutely. That's cool. And you said that you guys have a YouTube channel. Is that accessible to people to find out more yep. about what Plotter is? Okay. Yep. You can watch all those videos for free. There's tons of tutorials. Um, and like, you know, every time we update our, the software, whatever update changes, that, that goes on YouTube too. So you can go look at it see what changes. We're always making improvements. There are so Mm. many cool things. Um, We have 30 different plot structures. We have over 20 character templates now, um, including D&D templates, character templates. So if you're a DM, you can plan your your, um, Dungeons & Dragons campaign in Plotter. It is sick. Anyway, um, (laughs) which is totally unrelated to what no, Maybe but actually, I don't I, know. there's a couple you know. different fantasy writers that started out as D&D players, and then they expanded the entire game into their series. And so, I, I yeah. mean, I, it, it's amazing to me as I interview people, the, like, the never-ending creativity that there is in the world. And wherever people start and wherever they're finishing, however it comes about, it's just, it's a, it's pretty amazing. Um so that you can plan out, I'm going to tell my friend, she can plan out her characters in D&D. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. So um, so when, if they decide that Plotter is for them or they want to give it a go, inside of Plotter, are there tutorials? Or is YouTube really the place for them to go? Or how do, how do they... We have, so our website has all kinds of documentation and videos. So if you're more okay. of a document person, you like to read, okay. you know, instructions as opposed to watching it. Some people... Tutorial videos drive them crazy. Um, I'm sorry about that. But anyway, um, but yeah, we have written documentation too. Um, we also have a super active Facebook group, okay. um, which is basically, you know, for pl- anybody who has Plotter, who has downloaded Plotter, you can be in that group. There are tons of people in that group can a- that can answer your questions. And then we have our email support, support at plotter.com. If you ever have a question from a tech question, um, which are the ones I can't answer, to, you know, a writing question or whatever, or or how to make this work with your file or whatever, you email support at plotter.com if you can't find the answer somewhere else. And we'll help you find it. I mean, our whole goal is to help writers use this tool basically to complete your first draft, to accomplish more as a writer. Awesome. Um, 
And whatever, so whatever that process looks like for you, we're here to support you. Um, and then through every step of the way, I mean, we have a coaching program, we have all kinds of stuff like that. So if you, um, we have a kickstart program, like if you have an idea and you're like, how do I turn this into a plot file? You can book a call and like I'll literally walk through with you how to create that a plotter file. A lot of times we'll have a plotter file at the end of an hour, um, wow. at least a basis of one. Um, and, and so we, I mean, honestly, when I say I like, I don't do this for the money. I mean, I, I do it because I love writers and I want to help them. Yeah. Um, and I want to help them be better and I want to help them not make the mistakes that I made when I started out. Yeah, absolutely. So. And yeah, it looks like the community that you guys have around it is, has really grown into people who really love the software. I mean, you have community templates I see right here that somebody has created an author newsletter tracker. Like, I might get that one because that's amazing. All these things, like, my mind doesn't work like this, but I should, I could use other people's brains. <laughs> and it can yeah. help my writing business or whatever other business I have. Oh, yeah. We have a marketing template we created for Nano. I created a writing and a meal planning template that you could nice. use. So you could plan out your meal. Because a lot of times through Plotter, especially if you have a day job, I, I mean, through Nano, if you have a day job, I mean, oh my God, what a what it it turns into a super challenging. Um, it's challenging enough for me as a full-time writer to write just one project that quickly, right? Because yes. I got a million other things going on, right? Right. Um, just like everybody else. So um so we just created a template that's like, here's how you can plan your meals and your writing schedule for the next 30 days using nice. plotter. Right. Nice. So you can use it for anything, uh, like a Kanban board or whatever you want to do, put whatever headings you want at the top create whatever lines you want down the side and yep. make whatever, and people have made some really cool stuff that I would have never thought of, but yeah. it's very I mean, cool. more power to you. If you can use it that way, you know, more power to you. So yeah, stuff. absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the, and even if you're not a fiction writer, if you're a nonfiction writer, you can still use plotter to really make sure that your, your book has all the beats and everything that you want to tell people in your nonfiction book. Yep. I'm planning two nonfiction books in plotter right now. Awesome. So, okay. Yeah. So it's got everything for every writer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so everything. It, every, yeah. It's amazing. So where, where do people go to find out? Um, www.plotter.com is the place to start. Um, you can look us up on Facebook. You can uh, look us up on YouTube. If you just want to see a bunch of videos, uh, the videos on YouTube are super they cover everything from like a deep dive into a template to interviews with writers some of them you may know um or, or who may be in your genre that you can see how they're using plotter okay um, we have a couple different interviews with discovery writers who use plotter they talk about the different ways they use plotter um kind of whatever you want there's all kinds of things there so start okay. at plotter.com um there that's where you can learn you learn about pricing exactly how everything works there's a 30-day free trial wow. um there's also a 30-day money-back guarantee so if you get plotter and you just hate it for whatever reason um in 30 days just tells hey i want my money back we're like hey here you go you know best of luck um it, you know no hard feelings it's it's a software that works for a lot of people but it's probably not for everyone there are probably those people out there that won't you know won't use it for whatever reason that's sure. fine um so um it's it's a tool it's a tool to keep you writing yeah so, um uh and it's super cheap i mean the annual licensing is like 25 bucks right now wow. for, a, for a, a one device annual license so if nothing okay. else you can try it out on one device if you like it you can upgrade um or depending upon how you do writing or whatever and we have a web-based app now called plotter pro um and that's what i'm using for that for the series that I'm doing with a co-writer, we both have Plotter. We share the same file through that oh. collaborative interface. Um, so we can, there's no file versioning. We can see each other's file changes um, as we make them. Um, you can do the same thing with editors um, or with co co other collaborators, whatever it is. You can share the same file uh, through that web app. Um, oh, it's a little cool. more expensive than the standard desktop app, but it is so worth it if you're going to. Okay. Um, and then we have lifetime options as well as annual ones so the lifetime option just get and the only difference is so if you buy an annual license at the end of the year the software doesn't go away and all your files disappear and oh man that's too bad no you just don't get updates anymore oh okay well we're updating the software all the time so i don't recommend that you go without the updates but <laughs> you can like you could pay 25 bucks and just keep the old whatever version of plotter you buy at that time you can keep that version of plotter forever okay and you know it wouldn't matter so interesting 
Interesting. I like the lifetime thing too. I'm really liking lifetime these days, so I don't get a me too. <laughs> that hit on the credit card yeah. right when I don't need it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we will have uh, links in the show notes below, but it is P L O T T R, no E. Yes. No E in Potter. No e. So when you're no looking e in it up, <laughs> um, take that E out. So check it out on YouTube and Facebook, and definitely just go to Plotter.com and. There is a lot here. I am going to give it another go because I, weirdly enough, I hadn't thought of putting in the plot points after, and now I'm at the that stage now where I'm at the end of the manuscript. So I'm going to go try it out. We'll see. We'll see what I. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> hey, circle back and seriously tell me what you think. Like, All tell right. me how it goes for you, and if you need help, let me know. All um, right. I, I honestly, I'll be here for you because I'm just, I, I'm always curious. Like when people are like, I'm going to try it now. I'm like. I wonder how that went. Just let me know how it goes. <laughs> All right. I definitely will. But thank you for coming on and telling us about Plotter. I think we're going to have to have you back, maybe do some demonstration and people can watch the videos. But thank you for telling us about it and helping us now that it is the new year. People probably have new ideas and or maybe they have a manuscript that they're about to finish. And as you say, we just want people to finish their books and get them out there, right? That is everyone's goal, um, especially as book coaches. We're like, come on, get them out there. Yeah. So <laughs> Do it. Do, Do it. it. So thank you so much, Troy, for coming in. All right. Thank you much. Appreciate it. Hey, you're still listening. Since you are, could you do me a favor and head over to the app that you're listening to this episode on and hit the subscribe button and then rate and review the show? It would really help the Pencils and Lipstick podcast get out into the world. And if you're enjoying the podcast, well, then there might be more people out there who would enjoy it as well. If you want to find out more about me, you can head over to catcaldwell.com. I have my story over there, my books, my interactive journals, my one-on-one -on -one coaching information, and information on my creative writing community membership group. If you're looking to write a book or you are a writer and you just want to find out more about how to write, how to publish, how to format, how to market, and all the things that go into being an author these days, check out the membership group. There is a 14 free day trial that you can try it out, get into the masterminds, find out all the goodies that we are talking about in the group. I would love to see you there.